You need a little bit of nasty, don't you? They're the little battles you need to win if Munster wanted to win this game. He lives and breathes line-out. How do they pick themselves up from this? The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. The Football Show on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live on Sky Sports. I'm prepared to end it my can. Well, do it then. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should it be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. Now, welcome along. Football show. Joe Malloy here. Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent in studio. Latest in the Champions League. Still Bayern Munich nil, Villarreal nil. Villarreal with a one-goal lead from the first leg. We're into the 48th minute here and it's Real Madrid nil. Chelsea won 48 minutes on the clock. Mason Mount with the goal for Chelsea. So this tie very much alive. 3-2 on aggregate. And of course, Dan, the news from Gothenburg. Sweden won. The Republic of Ireland won an essential staging post to Irish mm. football in greatness of course is a one-all draw against if you haven't had a one-all draw of substance opposition. what even are you? Uh, number two side in the world Sweden and Ireland scored first courtesy of Katie McCabe and that was just before half time and Ireland held on Vera Pau has uh, referred post-match to the team as a bunch of tigers Dan they held on very ably for a lot of the game Courtney Brosnan in the Irish goal was Excellent. Yeah, she. That's actually worth mentioning as well because she's had a couple of high-profile mistakes, you know, in games where people have tuned into. It's been a problem position for him. Yeah, and um, I think there there was some suggestion that um, Megan Walsh, a sort of a new recruit, might come in and might even have been a bit unwell. Um, but in fairness to Courtney Brosnan, she was put under a fair bit of pressure, um, crossed into the box and stuff, and and did nothing wrong. Mm. Kosovar Aslani of Real Madrid on Sweden eventually scored for Sweden the equaliser that was on 79 minutes it was a goal of quality the crossfield pass the touch yeah. for Aslani her touch her finish deserved I mean it would have been hell of a hijacking it Ireland. It would have. I mean, one, they had one, their yeah. moments, didn't they? Like, there was a couple of moments where Sweden, there was one passes in the first half where they, and you're thinking, yeah, these are different level. But they were restricted in those moments as well, too. And, uh, you know, you're so used to Irish hard luck stories in, in football and you, you sort of see... So many games I've been to over the years probably like that, be it maybe the All-Ireland International game or particularly League of Ireland teams in Europe springs to mind where they have that sweet spot where they're ahead and you think they're getting frustrated and then it just falls apart you know and and when when Sweden equalise you think oh no here we go like you sort of just think the, the, the dam is broken here and this this is this is just going to happen but in fairness I thought the last 10 minutes they they sort of held it together pretty well I mean there was a free kick at the end that shouldn't have been given but I mean the slight caveat is that Sweden only needed a draw to qualify so it wasn't like they needed they were clearly going for it but it, there was still a sense of they'd done their job too but that's only a, a minor minor point in the greater scheme of things you know um, and you see the photos of the Irish team um, celebrating on the pitch and having their moment and you know, they've been there before you know with the Finland game and stuff too and they have to still follow it up like there is that slight sense of disappointment from you have to, like you think that this summer it's going to be all an RTE you're going to have the women's Euros so there's going to be a real focus on women's football and what would have been an amazing opportunity and they didn't get there and they could have you know and that's something they're really missing out on and they still need that tournament 
you know to really announce themselves so the work is still there to be done but and saying that you know they're entitled to sort of enjoy the moment and, and revel in the significance of it but they really just have to follow it up now and that's that's stating the obvious but I think that's the standards they're setting for themselves now rather than just sort of getting a little pat on the head or something for you know a, a brave draw I think they have higher demands of themselves when it comes to what they want to achieve now Thomas Tuchel said last week that the tie was dead over finito well Rudiger looks to have just scored Chelsea's second on the night to make it 3-3 on aggregate. He's celebrating. He's running away celebrating. Ah, yes, we're seeing it now. I was thinking that was a Reese James shot, but the resulting corner went to the back stick. Rudiger was there. Brilliant header, powerful header, threw several bodies back across goal into the bottom corner. Courtois couldn't get there. And here we are, Dan. Chelsea, from 3-1 down, are 2-0 up at the Burnabout. 3-3 on aggregate. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think it's an unfair reflection of the game tonight to this point. Um, you know, they've, they've been the one, and I suppose they, you know, they had to go for it, I mean, in their circumstances. And maybe sometimes a team that's holding the lead are sort of in a little bit of a halfway house in terms of how you, how you approach the game. But Chelsea have just really taken it to them. And I don't know, you're kind of wondering what the mood in the stadium is now. Like you sort of you think Madrid have so many players that have been there before that know what to do. But the flip side is, it's always that niggling thing is they're old. Mm. You know, they're a bit older. And all of a sudden, you know what 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 happens like what happens from this point onwards you know the, the sort of does it is there real doubt creeping in i mean it is one of these things like i mean the premier league clubs at the moment on their day you know they can play with a real energy and really that's what chelsea have done you know that's what they've done in this mm-hmm. game and um, even even the scenario where you have the much maligned Werner or someone in there if like Madrid push forward a bit more now you still have that sort of threat to hit them so they've played it well yeah they've played it well I've given up writing off Real Madrid they are a curious beast yeah. this tournament so there we are 3-3 on aggregate uh, back to Gothenburg so Courtney Brosnan we mentioned she was in goal had a very good game and has probably nailed down that position in the short term for sure and Vera went with uh, well you could say three at the back but in truth this was very much 5-4-1 uh, so it was Jamie Finn and then the defensive trio in the centre Nifahi no surprises Louise Quinn no surprises Megan Connolly pushed back from midfield and did really well in fairness to her and then Chloe Mustaki who's a brilliant story and has come back yeah. from adversity and uh, played in just her second game or certainly she's uh, very few caps and she filled in at left wing back that was with the view to having Katie McCabe further up the pitch so the midfield four was Lucy Quinn uh, Ruisha Littlejohn was a little tyrant in there running around Denise O'Sullivan was her usual brilliant self Katie McCabe scored the goal and worked very hard as well and then Heather Payne uh, subject confirmation ran about 400 miles up front it was that kind She's of brilliant a, isn't she in terms that of that of role a, like it's, off it's, you go Heather there start you go. the engine it's a sort of a completely thankless task like it's, how many De- times even get in the box downside the is and this applies to the whole team and, and you know like you, you couldn't be critical of tonight's performance but it was very much about organisation endeavour the laws of physics we have 10 behind the ball it's difficult for anything to break us down if we're working hard and organised which they were I mean the thing if you were to be ultra uh, I was going to say critical constructively critical is 
uh, Ireland's ball retention did them no favours for a lot of the no. game. In part because I suspect they were so tired, but even under not great pressure, I think at times technique has to improve because it would have been uh, I sus- you know, very nice, I suspect, for all concerned to just take the sting out of the game for a minute or 90 seconds and keep the ball where it was it was pretty much gone straight Yeah, back. and there was even a couple of times in the first half where there was you could see the Sweden were leaving opportunities. There was one or two passes that could have been picked at times, and um, they were. It wasn't that they were there for the taking. I mean, they weren't. I mean, the, the best teams that try and dominate the ball, they always take risks. So it's deceptive. They look vulnerable because yeah. they can be picked. They generally have good recovery capacity to sort of to alleviate problems if that does happen. But um, no, like that is. But I've sort of made the point earlier. I've seen Irish teams in recent years been. You know the women's side been celebrated for for results where they've they've it's been horrendous almost behind backs against the wall stuff to the point of almost anti football in their approach. I don't think that's the case now. Like you can see that there was there was a little bit more invention. Like even the fact that the goal um, was a free kick that they initially played short to like work a better angle for a cross. Now in the second half, like the Katie McCabe was a set piece didn't work out, but they tried it short. That they were they were trying to sort of not just okay there's a free kick here let's just like put everyone in there and try and get on the end of it and that's the thing even towards the end of the last campaign sort of see Louise Quinn being thrown up front for 15 minutes at the end of a game as you chase it and it wasn't I mean it can be effective but it looked a bit desperate whereas you felt that there's a little bit more method to some of their uh, some elements of their play now but it's still a step you know it's it's I mean, they have like there's there's still a slight niggling doubt over the, how the last campaign ended. Even the Slovakia game in November at home, after being so good in Finland, that they have to see it through um, when they're at home and expected to do something. Like they're going to be playing, they're going to beat Georgia, and then they're going to have this big home game against Finland, where it's like, okay, it's possible that the way things are looking, a draw could be okay if Ireland can win their last game in Slovakia. But yeah. it's that big home game where it's there, and it's like, okay, now that's against a team that are decent. Can you take? And I mean, it's a thing that we've seen with the men's side a lot in recent years too. That this sort of defiant away display versus becoming a bit more of a a killer at home yeah. in terms of how you efficiently do the job. The defined away display does sit in nicely with our DNA. Like mm. where you would say there's a marked improvement in this team if you compare it with the Euro 2022 qualification. Greece away where Ireland gave up a soft equaliser in the 93rd minute and then in particular Ukraine away after beating Ukraine at home and doing the hard work. Yeah. They conceded an own goal. I think it was a mix up between Anya Gorman and the goalkeeper. It was very, very soft. Whereas you would look at tonight and maybe it's the benefit of all the friendly games against better opposition but that shooting yourself in the foot softness had dissipated to a large extent you would have to say maybe that's the real improvement yeah no, I think so and like you could sense even in those run of games what they were playing because it was a long losing or non-winning run before the Australia game yeah. and you could sense there was a little bit of um, some some criticism was starting to seep in and you could sense it even from some um, ex-players or current players who weren't involved there's a few murmurs of mm, what's really happening here you know before the Australia game there was pressure definitely there was on and, Vera Pau and you, you because what happened in that period is Northern Ireland qualified for the Euros with arguably a lesser yeah, yeah. talent pool available and suddenly we were looking going are we being far too generous here yeah there was a se- I think there was a sense of, are they really like overperforming here or, what, or are, like you know, there are like Ireland players playing at a good level say in England and you're thinking hmm is this 
uh, is the sum greater than the parts here or not now that may be seem ungenerous when there are still there's still a, sort of a, a mixture of, of players I mean you'd have players in that squad who are effectively amateur you know and, and going up against sort of a Swedish operation who are like far, you know miles away from that and look, there's a, probably a great opportunity or there should be a great opportunity to, to take the game forward here in sync with this great buzz around this team and there's a real danger like at the moment like all the players here in the league at the moment are amateur um, there's a great growth in football in England but there's a sense of um, we've talked before about like outsourcing our football industry to the UK and our reliance for it that there's actually and I don't think Verapaz is making this point even this week about maybe having more games for the home place players and more opportunities for them because you know, there's, 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 there's the gap between Ireland and the top teams isn't actually it's big, but you're coming from a situation where Sweden only started twenty twenty five years ago on their journey, and it's possible for Ireland to have a very strong women's team actually yeah. if they do things right at home in the next couple of years and you can't sort of let it slip and devolve responsibility for it and that's going to come to resources and things that unfortunately we know I saw not Jonathan Hill was there them. tweeting from the stadium you yeah know, well I mean that's the, the thing I mean as Jonathan Hill likes to tweet from from stadiums he enjoys it why give me that look sound like a criticism it's not. I mean, it's. It's. I just think it's. A di- okay. I don't want to say to the listeners you rolled your eyes when you said it, but your voice. Well, said you, that. you sort of. You sort of gave me a sort of a, a suspicious look, as though there was some kind of sound effect could have functioned as an alternative response. I interpreted that as. I oh, well, I think like Jonathan Hill. Not even let me say what I interpreted okay, as. Sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> Give me your interpretation, Joe. Jonathan Hill loves the optics, the tweets, the likes. No substance there. I think I I think I'm a big fan of like I think it's good to be seen to engage. But when you can end that road, uh, what if he's in the stadium and they've lost four 0 and he doesn't tweet? Is that a news story? No. I think you have to keep a certain. No, it's not a news story. Is it not? Oh, I don't know. Well, he, what's he going to say? Rubbish today. He must do better. But I think you, are you not in danger of going down that road? It's like oh. he's going to. Be, I think I, I've seen it. I've seen it here at, at various levels. Like you see owners who are active on social media all the time, and then you know the team. Like there was a situation in Waterford last year. You know the chairman was very active, or the owner, sorry, very active, and. Uh, then the team goes down a bit of scandal around Mark Bertram leaving and you go quiet and then you have loads of people coming at you oh you're going quiet now aren't you what's happening with you now like Jonathan Hill in Luxembourg you know put up that thing oh, this looks good here mm-hmm. when Stephen Kennedy's contract situation was out there and it becomes part of the news cycle oh this is this is positive I'm thinking I thought I thought the CEO was going to pull back from being we're now talking about the CEO's well, in, in, tweets in I didn't fairness. think that was meant to be and I, I, I listen. I've heard some very positive things about him, so it's been hypercritical. But I mean, the position probably comes with a safe, with, with those demands. But I, I don't know if like high in the priority of the what the CEO needs to be doing is tweeting for me where the game is coming from. Just a personal opinion. Interesting. In fairness to him, he's not hanging out on the Brendan O'Connor Saturday Night Show here. He is at no. an Irish match of importance and just showing support I, I know no but, I did, that but is the bar a bit lower for thinking it's great that the CEO is at the match he should be at the match but is the criticism not a bit too much to be saying how dare he even utter publicly no, a great result no I know no listen you know 
as I said, I'm a cynic, Joe. Jeez, you really war- are. I was worn down by, worn down by years of it. But I think, like it's there's 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 different demand. I, I I don't know. There's something about the. Uh, it's it's obviously viewed as good engagement, and it's 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 a, it's a positive thing to do. And I see it, and I see it. But I think when results turn, oh, we have a goal. Alonso's just scored an absolutely. Phenomenal goal. We won't have the senior authorities at Chelsea tweeting, oh, of course. What a finish. He was left out of the team at the weekend. It was uh, a very strange story. He's back in the team at the weekend. He was left out of the team look, last week and it, it seemed like a odd decision. So, I mean, Chelsea are 3-0 up at the burnabout. They win the ball and they hit Madrid on the counter-attack. I think VAR is checking for a foul. But nonetheless, they win the ball and quick as you like... Kante carries it forward you've got six Chelsea bodies streaming forward gives it to Alonso on the overlap initially it's blocked down falls back to Alonso on his right foot and he smashes a volley half volley they but bounces high, bounces above knee height and he smashes it across the goal top corner it's an unbelievable finish they can't say that Werner in some way is instructing is, is interfering with the keeper because he sort of he Werner is one of those where he sort of gets out of the way as though he's getting out of the way of the shot. Was he offside? Could, could yeah. that have been distracting for Kurt? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, what a finish! Yeah, are, I think yeah. They're looks, checking for a foul when Chelsea turned the ball over to hit Real Madrid on the break. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to take a short break ourselves. We will hear from Megan Connolly, who's been talking to Ashley over in Gothenburg. I will be retweeting Jonathan Hill during the ad break. Dan will be uh, <laughs> reflecting on himself. I think a little. No, bit. no, no. I, I'm not reflecting. I'm, I mean, I, I was thinking about it during that goal, and I've decided that uh, I'm you were very, right. com- very confident in my opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, the football show is brought to you by Sky Proud partner of the women's national football team Out Believe Together and we can go anywhere a short break I do want to talk to Dan about the friendly derby as it's been called Man City Liverpool at the weekend Manchester United uh, in ruins and anything else he's having from the weekend back in one sec Uh, You're welcome, Max. So uh, later on, we're going to hear from Megan Connolly, by the way. She's been speaking to Ashley in Gothenburg. So that's on the way. 68 minutes on the clock at the burnabout. So it turns out the Alonso goal on VAR inspection has been disallowed because the ball grazed his hand and the new rule is... We didn't see it, did we? uh, Not really. Any handball whatsoever in the build-up to a goal, intentional or no, it's ruled out. In the meantime, Madrid hit the crossbar. It's emboldened Madrid. They, yeah. They've sort of got their, is that their get out of jail moment? I think they were, I think it's been pointed out that I think Peter Walton is obviously doing the BT. He didn't think it would be disallowed. Mm. And it was. So it's one of those ones where it seems subjective to some degree. This game is now in that lovely, very open stage with 25 minutes to go and each uh, period of possession is allowing whoever has the ball to get at the opposition back four very quickly. There's not much hanging around midfield right now. It's uh, fairly yeah. loose, nice and loose. And like Chelsea, I mean, they've had a game plan, they've got to where they want to be, yeah. then they have their goal and it's almost as though since that's been taken away from them, they've actually succumbed to some of the the craziness if you know what I mean um, so it's a, it's a key sort of five ten minutes for them now I think this game's wild now yeah I think everyone's brains ten. are a little bit scattered and fried and it's taken on that lovely quality that you want from 20 minutes to go we've got to do something mm. although in truth neither have to do anything they could no, no. I safely mean, manage and negotiate their way time, to penalties isn't it great though that we expect the wildness like at a different time in football in recent football history even European history you'd be sort of thinking well we're going to go to penalties yeah. now it doesn't feel like I mean that may end up to being the scenario but it's not going to be by virtue of a conservative I feel that sets in now maybe 50 minutes 5 minutes to go in extra time which is fair enough potentially yeah potentially. so uh, speaking of football with uh, an attacking slant 
Man City Liverpool the talk of the weekend Dan Kenny Cunningham on last night mm. and in a I think a lovably typical Kenny Cunningham way wasn't necessarily buying all of the hype about the quality I've seen that view being yeah. expressed in a few places probably because it was defensively loose I'm guess I didn't hear Kenny but his uh, logic was we saw Man City close to their best we saw Liverpool quite a bit short yeah. of their best and so he was saying it was very admirable the way Liverpool hung on in there and showed their spirit and their professionalism and their counterpunching ability but if we were to really celebrate this as wow then for Kenny you'd want Liverpool at full tilt as well yeah and I see the point I mean I was sort of watching it with someone and you're making the point it's like I mean it's, it's, it's one of these like sort of platitudes or things it only takes a second to score a goal and all this but it sort of feels like with Liverpool that really is the case it feels like no matter what way the game is going or what's happening they can just score at any moment like they have that capacity to do it and to execute it and it is true I mean there were spells where they were well and truly second best but it it just they find it so easy to score you know it's a, and it's sort of a it's a great quality to have and almost at those key moments at the game where when they equalised after half time you sort of felt actually in the next 10 is that they're going to win this yeah. now that eventually City sort of got that bit of control back again um, and it didn't turn out to be that way um, but I, I, I mean, I take the point. I mean, it, it all comes... I mean, everyone has their own view of entertainment. I mean, there still was football at the highest level because of things that individual players were doing at speed and you're thinking, wow, this is amazing. But of course, so yeah, it wasn't maybe like two teams with their most coherent, like ruthless displays. It was sort of... there was it was There was errors in it, but the errors were sort of endearing in the sense of like your experience watching it. You know Quite I mean? a few pressurised errors as opposed to unforced, I thought. Yeah, no, I, I take that point and, and I suppose there's a degree of familiarity between these teams now that like, they take chances. They know they were looking to hurt the opposition where they were vulnerable as opposed to let's restrict them, if you know what I mean, in terms of the approach. It was a, it was a sense of, and it's probably why people warm to these sides, it's that, what can we do to hurt the opponents as opposed to maybe neutralising them, which sometimes, of course, would be the, the way that previous managers and other managers might have approached those type of ties. If Man City go on to win their remaining seven games, they will finish on 95 points. Now, only four teams in league history have ever got more than 95 points. Liverpool twice, Man City twice in the past four years. So this is a historical high point at the moment. Is that in the history of what history are we talking here? Premier League. So since 1992 or whatever. Did they play football before then? Apparently they did. I don't and, you, and there was a different number of teams in the, the Premier League at the start. And who knows? Look, there was a certain time where you didn't get three points to win. So I would, I, I, sorry, I, I would actually confidently and Mick and double check I would say I'd be amazed if anyone pre-1992 got oh, anywhere near two 95 points we used to have two points for winning oh, even if there were three you? even if there were three nobody's got near 95 points the highest uh, Antonio Conte really moved things on in 17 off the top of my head by getting into low 90s like Alex Ferguson and Manchester United were winning league titles with 87 points mm. so we've never seen anything but like what this what do you think so does that to you does that speak to like the quality of Liverpool and Man City yes or the the gulf between the top four and or the top clubs and the rest in such a way that they can smash teams with regularity. I mean, like just I mean, both of those things, both of those statements can be true. 
in a way they're not necessarily conflicting but like was it a more competitive league when Manchester United were winning it there was more was there less uh, of a gulf less of a distance between the teams that were like challenging for third and fourth and ninth and tenth I mean you see at the weekend like Southampton are well completely safe and no difficulty and they get smashed 6-0 by Chelsea at home mm. You know, you, you see what's happening in the in the Champions League now and the dominance of the Premier League clubs. It's a reflection of what's happening at home. Yeah. So, yeah, part of it is that they're great teams, but also part of it is that they're just they're on another planet club. So they can they just routinely win games and pick up points. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of there's there's two elements to that. Yeah, I think everything's got better. I think all of the teams outside the top four are massively improved than what we were seeing twenty. 30 years ago in terms of quality in terms of ability to mix it with the big boys they're all pretty much in the top 30 richest clubs in the world now they've well, that's brilliant it. players and brilliant technicians and so I think they are miles ahead of what Manchester United were having to fend off at times in the 90s or early 2000s but I just think because they're not mutually exclusive points I do also think in having the two best managers in the world City in particular having the resources and spending a gazillion quid what we're seeing here is just unprecedented levels of harnessing sports science tactical acumen preparation technique and so yeah there's a massive gulf but I still on any given day you look at the quality elsewhere in the Premier League and I'm still watching Man City and Liverpool games I don't feel it's like Barcelona whipping everyone in La Liga I feel City and Liverpool can be pushed to the pin of their collar and beaten on any given day well there have been times this season wasn't it like Brighton went to Anfield one of the days as we have another who else but Timo Werner he's always in, he's always involved uh, much maligned they can't dis- I mean it will be his look if this one was chalked off by VAR for some reason two at the weekend Timo Werner in the squad for his pace not his finishing said everybody and he looks to have scored this is extraordinary Chelsea four Real Madrid 3 on aggregate there seems to be no VAR related replays being shown on the screen at the moment Courtois shaking his head so we're out on the left hand side Courtois or sorry excuse me Werner picks up the ball and plays it into midfield and then drifts in field himself and it's a lovely little through ball he's got a tight angle chops back onto his right foot brilliantly and again onto his right foot shoots takes a deflection just about sneaks through but he does very well here to set himself up for the shot he does sort of everything he could Carter was a bit unlucky that it saved the ricochet almost from the save. It spins, Under takes, it, takes it away from the defender on the line. But, but Werner chopped inside two Real Madrid players. Yeah. You can imagine the Real Madrid players are sprinting back. One of them slides out over the end line, chops back inside the next one over the end line. And look, he gets it on target. It's not a, a consummate finish, but it's on target. No, he held his nerve, to be fair. He actually. Steve, oh, he I'm did. I'm happy for him. I'm happy, I am for, happy for him. I actually genuinely. You were just happy. slating him there off air. I wasn't. When you finished with Jonathan Hill, you took a knife to Timo. <laughs> actually, I mean, of all your wind ups, I find that one the most egregious. Yeah, sorry, that's Because I that's actually right. constantly defend Timo. I want to discuss off air discussions. Interesting roads go down, Jim. <laughs> Especially we're talking about other broadcasters. Oh, dear. Mm. Timo Werner. That's an amazing moment for him. Red- that's redemption no it is I know I am chopped from like he is like um, he just makes things happen every time he plays like, he is I was talking having a discussion with someone at the weekend and it's a bit like uh, every time Aaron Connolly plays for Ireland you feel like something's going to happen he gets himself involved even if he often 
it's not it doesn't always end well. But they have the they have these ability to like get into positions that they're part of like key moments of the game. And there's actually a real skill in that that movement to exist on the edge just don't always execute it when it comes to sort of the final shot or whatever it might be. But in this type of situation I don't know, he can be brave sometimes. He doesn't necessarily go hiding, does he? You no. couldn't accuse him of that. His movement there was really good because he took it up on the left-hand touchline, showed for the ball really well, took it in, laid it off, and then just drifted in field. And yeah. so who was going to pick him up necessarily? And he made a really nice run. I guess you'd call it inside left position. Pass was relatively easy. And suddenly he's in and had the composure to set himself up for the shots. So it's actually a brilliant piece of football. His football against Southampton at the weekend was brilliant as well. Yeah, I know. I mean, well, like he sort of... I mean, what, did they pay 50 million for him or something? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Where did they find this no, guy? It's not like yeah. a competition winner has suddenly struck gold. Here, no, you're right. You know? you're right, um, you're right. Again, it's like, as Chelsea very nearly, very nearly go 4 0 up on them. I mean, you think about it, like, they are on the verge of, like, they're, like, they're 3 0 up away to, you know, Real Madrid. Like, we're talking about in the knockout context, they need one more to yeah. go through. But just that scoreline on paper. But yeah. there's some stat before tonight, Real Madrid hadn't lost to an English club and. But more than one goal or something. It has felt for some time like Real Madrid had a night like this coming. But it's, this is, I mean, and this will, this is what will happen. We're not sure what. I don't. What's the story in the the Bayern Munich Villarreal game? And we'll where check, are we with that? We'll check. Uh, Bayern Munich equalised. So we are one all there. Seventy eight minutes in the clock, and that will be heading to extra time penalties. Uh, Thomas Muller set up Robert Lewandowski. I feel like I've been saying that for two hundred years. It's like is it two thousand twelve here or something? Um, impressive. But. I mean it is and I know we're talking about it in the context of the points but and it's very easy well you find the results to suit your argument I mean Madrid they could score now in 10 minutes but like think about it like Chelsea are nowhere near the top two really in the Premier League this year and they're still able to go away yeah. to to sort of hammer Madrid 3-0 and, and you know, Barcelona are not even in the Champions League knockout rounds There was something slightly time. freakish about what Benzema produced against PSG yeah. Now we'll see and if they get Mbappe. Like, you know, it could well be that you know Mbappe goes there, and that sort of is part of the rebirth. You know, and this is it. But it, like, it feels like these type of results are possible. Where you, you, you know, t- like it's, it's almost like there'll be massive coverage if they execute this, right? But it's not like a result for the ages in such a way that it might have been viewed a period of time ago. You know what I mean? It's not a massive shock that a top Premier League club is going away to do this to Madrid for me you know oh what a goal you see you never write off Madrid no or La Liga you know this is what happens Real Madrid just equalised and it's just you know none of the football they play a lot of the time is like that revolutionary I think potentially it's why Ancelotti doesn't get the credit he probably deserves is that you can't spot Ancelotti's styles of play necessarily it's just good solid very high quality football from high quality oh, players so can't you uh, trying a, an, a, an ambitious pass oh what a cross and Modric oh Modric outside of the foot cross so there you go you have Kante and Modric I mean it's like Kante wins possession as he's been doing all night but tries to sort of loft the ball up the line like a, a long range Penenka up the line uh, it gets cut off and Modric put it outside of the boot cross top class the two big characters involved in it that is sublime, Modric. Mm. So this is what Ancelotti does. He empowers oh, the great sick, players though. to do great things. Kante will be sick. Yeah, it was loose, for sure. I didn't see who got the goal. Rodrigo, Madrid will yeah. bring you confirmation in just Rodrigo, a moment. Yeah. Rodrigo, 80 yeah. minutes. But it's going to be all about the Modric cross when you see it. It's a, it's a symphony all in itself, that cross. Absolutely gorgeous. Do you want some points tallies? Hit me with some points tallies. Winning points tallies. Go on. So what did I say Man City would be on for? 
95 potentially yeah so we had in for instance 1994 Manchester United that great double winning side they had 92 points in 2000 I was interested in the early 2000s points total because this was in the midst of their three in a row when they were peak Manchester United winning the league at a canter only 91 points in 2000 yeah so that was the year they were off that. in Brazil in the middle of a, the World Club Cup, yeah. wasn't it? So yeah. uh, they probably switched off for a while around that. So what's happened really is, you know, Arsenal, the Invincibles in 04 had 90. 90. What about like 0102? Who won the league in 0102? Was that Arsenal or? Yeah. Because that was the year when you, like Liverpool won the, all the cups. Now, the Premier League was very strong at that at that stage in terms of like. From memory, O two was Will Tord at Old Trafford, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. But the Premier League like had f- like the title race could involve. It wasn't a two horse race then, if you know what I mean. You would have had sort of proper three horse races at a few times in the early two thousands, wouldn't you? Well, when I'm Chelsea came in the scene then and sort of blitzed it. Well, I'm giving you 04, I have that, which is Arsenal, yeah. so that was 90. But it's just taken off since Conte arrived. So when he arrived, it was 93 in 2017. To be fair, the Mourinho team got to 95. Yeah, they, they and that was an that incredible was achievement, domination. really, because the pre- like that was the year, wasn't it, or was it the year after Liverpool won the Champions League, having finished like... That was the year they won it in 05. Yeah. yeah. You know. See, Chelsea in... in that was an amazing Chelsea team. in 2005, that was Mourinho. That was complete domination. That was... The league was over after 15 games because Ferguson was like, but we just... Hang on. I thought we just had to be in it at Christmas. What's all this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but what's happened post-Conte's arrival? 93 in 2017, and then it's just gone off the charts. So, for instance, uh, 2019, we have Liverpool on 97, but Man City on 98. That was, yeah. Which yeah. is off the charts. 2020, we have Liverpool with 99 points. 2018, we have Man City with 100 points. So these are historical high points. Basically, in answer to your question, no, we haven't seen these points, Thales. No, 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 no. I think like, it is amazing. But as I said, it's about them being great teams. But I know, I know what you're saying. The standard of Premier League has gone up. But I, I'm not sure the, 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 the gaps between teams have also become bigger with that as well. Yeah. I think they have. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I feel, look, the other 18 teams are all way better. But I just think what we're seeing from Liverpool and Man City is unsustainable. they're all way better. Amazing. We're, we're, yeah, I do, yeah. I think the levels they can hit are high, but I mean, there's a lot of chopping and changing to the point where probably better to watch, but I don't know about their effectiveness Consist- consistent levels you know no, well, you can look at it I mean, maybe Burnley this year have hit similar levels and this year it hasn't been enough for them to sort of they haven't evolved if you know what I mean like to evolve to sort of stay up I, I can take that argument you know like teams like Brighton have evolved and got better to get out of that relegation cycle no I think I do think they're much better we will see when Klopp and Guardiola go and this will mm. be a sad day in the Premier League Man City and Liverpool will quickly revert to something more normal 92, 93 points for instance you were asking about 01 uh, so United won the league with 80 yeah. points and they won the league by 10 points yeah that see that sort of That's tallies a bit yeah that's a change Arsenal in 02 87 points so um, yeah which was very good yeah do you uh, one last point and all this said there's been much talk of the friendliness the respect the lack of fire and brimstone about the rivalry I don't mind it really. I mean, I know, I know, I know people's point, but I know why people would have take issue with it. But would it enhance it? I mean, yeah, I'm sure it would be great. But I, I think it's one of these ones where the football is the storyline, which is sort of great. And I mean, we all love talking about 
tension or rivalry or but isn't it refreshing to be looking forward to it and talking about the game rather than some like Nonsense. Suarez ever handshake yeah I think I, or, I, I or think some I sort of some sort of contrived thing like because it's more honest it's an honest reflection of there might have been times in in the past where there was genuine hatred but then there might have been times in the more recent past where privately you know that all these people probably get on quite well but there might be a little bit more sort of posturing in front of uh, you know for show or whatever I mean I don't feel it's diminished in any way by it I, I, I see I understand the old school view of it and they don't like to see it but it, I mean, the managers themselves are a part of it. It's not as if like the managers are frowning. They have a mutual respect. I don't think it makes you think, oh, they got on well. I'm not looking forward to this game today. Oh, I think the managers are setting the tone for it. Yeah, like, I think so. Ferguson and Wenger set a certain tone. And it was natural, but it's, that was natural to them too. You know, do you know what I mean? It's not, there's no sort of great big mind games. Act. They also didn't like each other. No. Ferguson, they genuinely did not like each yeah, other. Yeah. It wasn't sort of you know they did they, they played mind games within it but it was also a genuine dislike Klopp and Guardiola could like each other so you know do we, do we need it you know? I don't think so I mean like the Keown banging his elbow off Van Nistelrooy period and obviously the tunnel stuff was wonderfully dramatic so of course. Like, it, it kind of made the but right it reflected way. a genuine it was genuine entity, I was yeah. trying to think what's going to be the equivalent of Keane Vieira on ITV in 15 years time and I suppose it probably won't be the players. What you'd want to see coming from one end and the other end is Pep and Guardiola. Is Pep and How do you mean? Like, a, like the documentary or something? The Keen doc. Yeah, do you remember the Keen yeah, Vieira no, doc? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I now think instead of like, yeah, hated each other kind of vibe, in an ideal world, it would be Pep, one end, Klopp, probably a hug. And instead of them talking about things like the tunnel, it will be them talking to Gabriel Clark about tactically, this is what I tried what to I do. What I liked about here's, them. Here's the yeah. chalkboard. Here's what we tried to do with Trent. And then Jurgen going, yeah, we knew you were doing that to Trent. We didn't care. We still told him to be high because we were doing this. I think that's the... Yeah, no, it's true. But the only thing is, though, sometimes like those rivalries spin out of a particular incident in a game. Like maybe that incident will happen in the future. Maybe there will be that contentious thing that happens. It just hasn't... Someone can correct me if if I'm wrong. Just that incident hasn't happened yet. The fans hate each other. Like if the game on Sunday had been settled by a shock referee decision in the 90th minute that caused, you know, a dive or something, then maybe that could have been the that would change the tone considerably in the the relationship because both Klopp and Pep as we know on their day I mean they haven't they've they've got there for a reason yeah it's remarkable really over the last couple of years that moment hasn't happened yet it may well Uh, we've got to take a short break we're going to go back to Gothenburg in just a moment so as things stand Right round Madrid off at Chaparral. It's 4-4 in Madrid, so we're heading for penalties. 3-1 on the night to Chelsea. And it really did look as if Chelsea were home and hose there. But Modric's cross was a thing of beauty. And in Munich, it's one all in aggregate. So uh, both games, as things stand, heading to penalties. Back in one sec. McCabe goes short out to the right-hand side. Ball sent in very, very deep. Could be a chance here for Allen. Falls to Denise O'Sullivan. O'Sullivan on the right-hand side. Pulls it back to the edge of the area. Shot comes in. Takes a deflection and it's into the back of the net. And the Republic of Ireland lead in Sweden. And it is Captain Fantastic, Katie McCabe, who has scored it. What a moment for the girls in green. They lead Sweden by a goal to nil and it is Katie McCabe from the edge of the area the deflected shot a huge huge goal for Vera Pau's side just before half time Sweden nil Republic of Ireland won Katie McCabe 
Yeah, Nathan Murphy there calling the action. That was the breakthrough for Ireland. Finished one all, of course, but it's a brilliant point for Ireland. Still, by the way, 4-4 on aggregate between Madrid and Chelsea and still Bayern Munich and Villarreal also headed for extra time, one all on aggregate. So one all in Gothenburg. Megan Connolly had a great performance move from her usual midfield position to filling in in the back five. Did so very well. Afterwards, Ashton O'Reilly caught up with Megan Connolly. Megan, what a result out there for Irish football. It really was an historic win to come away from home against Sweden to get a draw and almost got the win early in the end. Yeah, absolutely. I think coming into this week, we were just trying to get anything we could out of this game. Um, Obviously, Sweden are the top seeds. They're the favourites. And obviously, they qualified tonight by getting the draw. But I think for us, it was just doing the very best we could. You know, everyone left it out on the pitch. Everyone did absolutely everything they could um, to try secure the win when we had the goal up but we'll take a draw for for how good they are and for their goal obviously they show their quality Um, but yeah we'll take what we get and defensively how tough was it out there I just asked Katie it was a dog fight and you fought to the very end yeah absolutely you know you don't get a second to kind of take a deep breath Um, they're constantly just relentless putting the ball in putting the ball in playing it wide switching it back like there's someone running on your shoulder your other shoulder so it's just a game of where we had to communicate you know for the whole 90 minutes Um, again everyone did that unbelievable same with Courtney Courtney in the back kept us in it in a few times um, and just really kind of helped us in front of her um, but yeah they were as I said they showed their quality for the goal but I think for us we, we gave it everything um, and deserved what we got and going in at half time being a goal up yeah. that Katie McCabe goal yeah. what was it like in the dressing room yeah I think for us it was just get a deep breath and just settle again because um, obviously there was some moments in the first half where we kind of got away with stuff, you know, they had their opportunities. Um, but yeah, it was just deep breath and go again because we knew for the next 45 minutes it was going to be even tougher. Um, as you saw, they brought their players on and it just, it got even stronger, even tougher. So yeah, for us, it was just using that break to get our breath, knowing that we had to really dig deep even further. And for you in there, um, in the defence, Courtney Brosnan was just amazing tonight. She hasn't got that much playing time and I think she proved why she's number one. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Courtney had to step up tonight um, in a lot of moments and I think she showed that. She proved it. There's a lot of competition for the number one um, and I think Courtney fully deserved her position tonight, fully deserved everything she got tonight. Um, And yeah, as I said, she made some unbelievable saves when she hit off the crossbar. You know, that that's kind of, you could say that gives us the draw maybe because, you know, if, if they get a goal earlier. But yeah, she was unbelievable. And I think that in moments when they get through, you need someone like that behind you. And I think Courtney did unbelievable. And to be in a place now where you're in a good position to hopefully qualify for a World Cup. Yeah. How does that feel? Yeah, unbelievable. I think we just need to, again, just keep focused one game at a time. Um, yeah, and, and take the Georgia game in June now um, and, and give our best for that. And just, again, prepare then for me, Finland and Slovakia. But yeah, this this is only, um, it just continues for us. You know, we can't get too high on this. Um, but yeah, we just have to get focused again when June comes and just try to get another good result um, and then put ourselves in the best position against Finland and Slovakia. And this is a really special bunch of players. It's an amazing journey that you're all on. How would you sum up the team? Yeah, I think you see it with the whole Sky thing. It says outbelieve. I think on the outside, you know, around the world, I think people kind of write us off a lot. But I think on the inside, 
within the team, within Ireland, we know we can do something um, and achieve greatness that, that people probably don't expect us to do. So I think there's just a, an utter belief between everyone that, you know, on any given day, if we just fight with everything, everything we have, that we can get something. There we are, Megan Connolly talking to Ashton O'Reilly and that is such a filler for that team now. They have it within their grasp, as we said. So mm. um, there we are. She did very well this evening. No fun against the number two ranked side in the world to be told, we're going to play you slightly out of position and you'll be under a lot of pressure. Try not to make any mistakes because they'll probably score if you do. Yeah, and I mean, the job was executed. I mean, and I think as even we spoke about it, every goal is a bad con- goal to concede and they probably did leave a bit of space, but... At times you've seen them concede dreadful goals, you know. At least there was a bit of quality in the goal they conceded in a weird way. Yeah, you know? it's an amazing goal. Um, so the, you kind of expect maybe that Sweden are going to do that, you know, at some stage in the game. Yeah. Um, and they sort of cut out sort of silly stuff. You know, they, they did the basics very well in terms of their defending. Mm. So uh, more reaction from Ashleen in Gothenburg on all our social channels and... Uh, Keep an eye out as well. She'll be on OTBAM uh, tomorrow morning with more reaction again. Latest in the Champions League, all very dramatic. So Chelsea 3, Real Madrid 1. And it looks like, it looks like Villarreal have scored against Bayern Munich to win the tie on aggregate in the, well, 88th minute. Mm. Chukwueze has yeah. equalised on the night for Villarreal in the 88th minute 2-1 Villarreal on aggregate Bayern Munich in front of their own fans headed out unless they score a fairly dramatic last second goal here Emery Redemption for Emery what have you got yeah Eddie how worried is he Newcastle's going to start coming back with some more money from that's an extraordinary result it is yeah and I mean and let's just see what happens with Madrid Chelsea. I mean, is it going to be three Premier League clubs potentially and Villarreal in the semi finals if Chelsea got to get the job done? Mm. It's a very plausible scenario. Mm. You'd imagine the way the other ties are, are set up. Yeah. Wow. Did not see that coming. No, you sort of assumed once Bayern Munich went one them up that they just they'll power ahead. You know, just look on some of the stats. You know, f- four shots on target versus one for Bayern. Okay. Eleven shots off target. Six corners. It's not like, I mean, there's obviously a degree of dominance there. Sixty-five, thirty-five possession, but they don't look like they've converted it to like chances. You mm. know, to shot after shot where they've been peppering. It's not like uh, Italy and North Macedonia or something. You know, you have thirty-one shots or something. Yeah, it's not that. No, in terms of just a very basic reading of it. Well, that is quite something. So it's gone full time at the Bernabeu we're headed for extra time there Real Madrid 1 Chelsea 3 an amazing fight back so a reverse of the first leg at Stamford Bridge 3-1 win for Chelsea I mean <laughs> Real Madrid just refused to go quietly uh, that amazing Madrid cross for the uh, goal to equalise the tie and they'll go to extra time and potentially penalties and we're just waiting on the full time whistle it has gone full time it has gone full time Villarreal have knocked Bayern Munich out a one all draw in Munich so they are 2-1 winners on aggregate Villarreal through Bayern Munich out of the Champions League this evening and we have to see what happens at the Bernabeu we're pretty much done we are pretty much done our football show Ros brought to you uh, by Sky proud partner of the women's national team out believe together and we can go anywhere uh, we should mention that News Talk Breakfast tomorrow morning we'll be talking to Bob Arum 
which will be an interview worth hearing. OTBAM stacked as well. Kelly Harrington uh, will be on recently married, of course. Andy Friend as well, ahead of the uh, second leg against Leinster in the Heineken Champions Cup. And then uh, we're busy tomorrow ourselves. Keith Earls is uh, going to come on the show. Interesting time for uh, Munster. And then we'll be previewing the Hurling Championship as well with a fairly stacked lineup of Eddie Brennan, Dennis Walsh, and Jamie Wall. There is, of course, Liverpool, Benfica, Man City, Atletico. So uh, busy tomorrow evening. Dan McDonnell. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. We've got Tom Dunn on the way.